Welcome to Bedhampton Church. Contact us at www.bedhampton.church. But for now, let's continue that journey with this input. I guess my question is, do you want to be closer to God? Closer to Jesus? Which, frankly, is a ridiculous question to ask of a group of people who gather as church in a building on a Sunday morning. But nevertheless, I want to ask it. Do you want to be closer to God? I'll answer it for you, for me anyway. You answer your own way. I do. I find sometimes that Jesus, despite the meditation of my heart, the desire to be closer to Jesus, I feel more distant. I want to know more of who Jesus is. Perhaps you do find yourself in that place as well, I don't know. But if you are in that place, you are in good company, because this is where we find our rich young man this morning. In today's passage, we see Matthew talk about this rich young man, who seems to actually not find that his devotions are bringing him all he might desire of knowing Jesus. The rich young man that we find in Matthew, we also find in the other synoptic gospels in Luke and Mark, um, and the stories expanded in there. He would have been wrapped up in his Jewish culture. There would have been daily scripture reading, probably around lunchtime. He would have prayed probably in the morning and afternoon and evening. He certainly would have observed Sabbath, gone to temple. He would have done all of those things. He would have participated in all the events around the synagogue and the um, Jewish calendar of festivals. He would have been that person. And yet, he finds he's still wanting to know more of God. He has everything he needs. He's wealthy. He has a position, a lofty position in society. And the devotional religious life he has is accepted by the community that he's within. And yet his heart aches for more. You see that in the words, don't you? But something is holding him back. He has chains that bind him from knowing God deeper. On cue. <laughs> and then suddenly this new rabbi appears from nowhere, this teacher. And people are saying, Do you know, he's the real deal. He is the Messiah. And so this desperate young man goes to find out who this Jesus character really is. And then after a while, he builds up the courage to ask the question that's burning in his heart. Can he get rid of these chains that bind him? Rabbi, teacher, what can I do to get eternal life? And Jesus sees him and says, you're a good Jewish young man, you know. Keep the commandments. Honour your father and mother. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't lie. Don't give false testimony, he talks about them, and don't lie. And then, of course, Jesus says, the one he says, love your neighbour as yourself. Now, before we go any further, did you notice the mistake that the rich, young, first century man made. He made what is actually a 21st century mistake, even though he's in the first century. 
Teacher, Rabbi, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? What must I do? How can I earn? What brownie points do I need to go to heaven? It's the wrong question, isn't it? It's the wrong question. Actually, the question should be, Jesus, how can I know you more deeply? Jesus, how can I know the Father as you know the Father? Jesus, what can I do to get closer to you? Jesus knows it's the wrong question. He knows he's going to pay in the near future so that we can all inherit the kingdom of God. And so he points out what a ridiculous question it is in a loving way by using the commandments. And whilst these aren't all the commandments he uses, he uses the commandments that people can mostly see you do. Have you noticed that? There's a sort of thing that a good Jewish young man can be seen to do in his society. He will observe that this lovely Jewish young man, this nice guy, doesn't commit adultery. He doesn't murder. That's pretty obvious to see, isn't it? He doesn't lie or steal. That would be known. You see him honour his parents. You even see him occasionally help his neighbour. He can be seen to do all these good things. A good man who goes to temple once a week and he's a nice guy. I do all these things, he says. But then his heart aches. What am I missing? His words almost draw this picture, don't they, of what is it I can do to get rid of these chains that bind me from knowing God deeper? In Mark's version of this interaction, we see Jesus look at him and love him. It says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. Jesus knows that all the commandments he keeps are the ones you can see to be kept. And so he says to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven and then come and follow me. And so the rich young man goes away sad as though he might even be saying, I will do anything for love, but I won't do that. I will do anything, Jesus, to know you more deeply, but I, but I can't do what you're asking me to do. He can't break clear of those chains that hold him back from God. And as Jesus begins to respond to the disciples, it's easy to misunderstand what he's really saying. He says, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And if like me in the past and sort of like the disciples, if you think, well, that means no rich person can go to heaven, then, well, I think we've made a mistake. Because they, they, the disciples say, well, then who can be saved? Because it's impossible, isn't it? You know, it's impossible to keep these commandments. And certainly the rich apparently can't do it. But if like me, you've made that mistake, then I think we've misunderstood what Jesus is saying. But I think he's saying two things. Firstly, as you hear me say often in this place, the kingdom of God is not just about some future life beyond death that we can't quite reach yet. The kingdom of God is life to the full in the here and now. It's what this young man is looking for, to get rid of this ache 
It's about life to the full now. It's about life to the full in Bedhampton in 2020. And 21 and 22. It's about life to the full now. But secondly, we've already established it's impossible for us to earn our way to this kingdom of God. Jesus has already done that for you. He's done it for the rich man. He's done it for me. The problem that the rich young man has is not that he doesn't have access to this. The problem that the rich young man has isn't that he's rich. The problem that the rich young man has is that his possessions, his money, all he has has got in the way of him and God. He has put them first. Those are the chains that bind him, the things that he puts before God. Jesus knew the commandments. He knew what ones he was calling to him. He knew he didn't lie, he didn't murder, adultery, etc. He honoured his parents. He knew all the ones he did, but he left out the ones that he didn't do. No other gods, no idols. Think well of God. Don't take his name in vain. Really keep the Sabbath in your heart, not just outwardly, but actually keep the Sabbath in your heart. And don't be jealous of what others have. Those are the commandments of the heart, position of the heart. Those are the commandments that say, my heart is here. And not everyone can necessarily see those commandments in action. They don't earn your brownie points in society necessarily, do they? And Jesus knew that. Martin Luther wrote a response to the rich young man. He said this. He said to the rich young man in his response years later, what you lack is everything. What you lack is... He doesn't just lack one thing. What you lack is everything. For you would be devout and yet refuse to give up your goods for my sake and to suffer with me. Therefore, mammon is your God and you prefer it to me. As I read those words in my preparation, I just felt heart, God's heart break when he whispered and does whisper to us sometimes, mammon is your God. Something else is your God and you prefer it over me. So where are we guys? What about us? Where are you? Where am I? Where is your heart? Does mammon control it? Is there something in front of you that blocks the view of the love of Jesus as Jesus longs for your heart? We read, or Neville read wonderfully for us, this selection of King David. And we saw the way that God looks at the heart and not the outside. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. I can look all good and handsome and rugged. Well, I can look like I look, but actually you don't, you don't necessarily know my heart, but my Lord, my Father knows my heart, and he knows yours as well. And we know the meditations of Jesus' heart for you, don't we? We know what his heart is for you, but what is the meditation of our heart for Jesus? Do, we, do you wrap up yourself in English church culture? You might even read scripture every day. You may pray regularly. You might even observe the Sabbath. 
and of course church services, attendance every week. You may even participate in church events and of course the festivals that we have here in England. And in truth, mostly we're accepted by our community as we do that, aren't we? But that may just be the surface. Maybe you have everything you want on the surface, but actually, like the rich young man, maybe, as I do sometimes, your heart aches to get rid of those chains that hold you back from knowing that next part of who Jesus is. Do you have chains that bind? Chains that bind you from knowing the Father? What's blocking your view of God? Is it money like the rich young man? Maybe it's how other people look at you. Is it how the community see you? Does that block your view of Jesus' love for you? Pride, perhaps? The job, the house, the family, the car? Unforgiveness? What do you put before God? Will you do anything to break those chains? Imagine what could happen if... Imagine what could happen for you if you could just remove the blockage that you might have. But imagine what could happen for this community if we could all do that. There'd be no stopping God's Holy Spirit. We wouldn't get in the way of the Holy Spirit. We'd be grabbing hold of the coattails of the Holy Spirit, as someone once said. Ned Hampton wouldn't know what hit them. I don't know. You know where you are. In a moment, Susie's going to play a song for me on the computer. And we're just going to spend some time in reflection. Just for you to ask, okay, God, is there anything between me and you? Do I put anything first between me and you? And then during our next sung worship, I'm just going to be up here singing with you. But I've also brought some oil with me today. And if you want to be anointed as King David was anointed, just a simple sign of God's cross on your forehead because you've made a decision to do something about that today. Then during our next sung worship, you can come forward and have that done. No questions, no what is it, just a simple blessing I'm not special, but Jesus is. We know that, don't we? Simple blessing of the cross on your forehead. But for now, let's ask God. Let's have some reflection. You have been listening to Bedhampton Church. Our prayer is that this helps you journey with Jesus and serve your community by sharing God's love and friendship. Subscribe and join us for more discussion at www.bedhampton.church All material creative commons copyright contact us for more details